found the new worst beer laws in any state. An update on brew dogs. They're still fucked. Ready to attend a festival where you get served a piping hot mug of beer? No, that sounds awful. This is It's All Beer. <laughs> Welcome to It's All Beer, alcoholic news delivered by two drunks, basically the perfect podcast for those who have given up on everything. I'm guessing that's you. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm pretty good. How are you? Um, if that intro is any, uh, any indication, that's that's actually, I'm actually kind of speaking to myself there. It's like uh, you, it's like when you write a, a note to your past self. Um, that's that's like a note to me, who has lost his last, uh, uh, last fuck to give. Um, so, but you brought beer, so I think we'll be better. How are you? We uh, should be good. What, what, what are we drinking today? Uh, we'll start off with uh, the Citrango Tropical Lager from OEC Brewing. It's a cool ship. It's a lager that's cool ship and open fermented uh, as well as dry hopped. I'm so. always, I, I'm, I'm sort of kind of perpetually confused by this brewery. Um, because Which I've enjoyed the other beers I've had from them. Yeah, it's kind of the same. They're, so they're, for at one point in time I thought they were out of out of the, the uh, Europe somewhere, but no, they're out of like Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. At one point in time, I thought they were an import because you, uh, they're brought in by one of the distributors that mainly deals with imports, and uh, you would think if someone's crazy enough to cool ship a logger, it's probably over from Europe. No, if, if anyone's crazy enough to cool ship a logger, it's someone here. Nice aroma on it, though. Like a floral, tropical fruit thing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if it says what it's dry of, hopped with. A little bit of orange peel. Nice, clean lager flavor. Touch of bready malt. The hops, you know, the, the hops are a little more subdued than I thought. They're, yeah. They kind of linger just on the outside. Orange peel, tropical fruit. Moderate bitterness, but, I mean, the, I don't know, it's... It's hoppy yet subdued. I'm kind of I'm I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. So, um, a little bit about the beer. Uh, it's brewed using a double decoction mash. Double which de- why the fuck would you do that? I was say, a double, what, what is even a double? De- I don't know what a double decoction. Well, unless they're talking about like a three step or a two step decoction. It probably um, is two step decoction, two, which is actually mean. one less than I do. So. Uh, I'm calling them slackers. <laughs> so, uh, it's brewed the American Citra hops. Uh, it then rests in their copper cool ship for one hour and is transferred to their Vondelet cooler. Uh, it undercoils a cool fermentation using a German lager yeast, cellared for several months, and then finally dry hopped prior to release. Nice. So that seems complicated, though. It's just a lot. That's a lot of moving around in fancy vessels with nigh unpronounceable names for, you know, to get just, a IPL. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, to get essentially get an IPL. I'll, listen, don't you guys know? All you have to do is just keep on jamming uh, fruit puree into it until people buy it. Till it's eighty percent fruit puree. Until essentially you're selling selling a can of fruit puree. Yeah, yeah. At higher concentrate than most juice companies. <laughs> I mean, what you're, what you're, I think what you're going for at some point in time is you actually have the whole top of the can come off and you pour it off and it's like, it's like the uh, cranberry it's sauce. Cranberry sauce. <laughs> on the can just still what? has the ribs from the can. Just plunk. Just kind of plunk that into a glass. It kind of wobbles a little bit. You, you slowly push the glass away and you're going, and I'm done. <laughs> I'll take a bush light. <laughs> 
Or, and that's when you know we've came full circle. <laughs> we were, as, as we were sitting down for the podcast, uh, I, I don't know what prompted the philosophical question, but Tyler had, was ruminating on if it was uh, a choice between uh, uh, fruit puree beers and domestics, he was ready to, <laughs> to, to dive back into... <laughs> Dive back into his roots, shall we say? <laughs> and frankly, I listen. As I said then, I hope those aren't the choices. But if indeed that those are the only two way forwards, forward, two ways forward, um, I'm gonna have to just like sadly pick up pick up some paps to cry in, <laughs> or Jeremy swears off beer altogether. You know, it, it, and just drowns himself in a bottle of tequila, or swears off alcohol altogether and joins the I Mormon Church. Do have. Quite a lot of uh, uh, hard alcohol, so I'd probably be fine and just be like, well, looks like I'm going just straight whiskey now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's like, now I'm going to be that old guy at a bar who has an alcoholic's nose and a... I'm already, I'm already getting damn close, but... <laughs> okay, Jeremy, what are we starting with today? Brewdog update news now. So, a couple of weeks back... Bum, bum, bum! Pretty much, yes. That's, that's how... <laughs> That's that's pretty much how it's been going. We could end the story there, and you get pretty much the gist of what's going on. Uh, a couple of weeks back, we talked about the reckoning that crashed down on BrewDog in the form of, first, a collective open letter signed by both current and former employees accusing BrewDogs, the BrewDog management specifically, of fostering a culture of fear, retribution, and a kind of cult of personality around their founder, CEO James Watt. Um, that happened... That, that uh, surfaced uh, uh, summer of last year. It later came to a head two weeks ago when many of the same employees were featured in a BBC documentary that brought the issues into the mainstream. Uh, James Watts screamed about it on Twitter that it was all fa- false and threatened to sue the BBC and anybody else who uh, looked at him crossways. And that was pretty much the end of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. The group of employees, uh, known as uh, Punks with a Purpose, um, have teamed up now with Hand and Heart to start documenting the extent of the pro- problems at BrewDog. And if Hand and Heart sounds familiar, it probably comes from the uh, uh, from the um, uh, the McKellar uh, ah! episodes yes! that we were doing. It's the same consulting firm that not only are helping them, uh, and well, helping their former employees and current employees um, uh, uh, catalog... Uh, and and record the you know various allegations. Uh, they're also responsible for a podcast um, on you know basically the extent of what was going on in McKellar. Um, they decided to jump in and uh, uh, help with Brew Dogs as well. They are some busy mofo's down there. <laughs> uh, next thing you know, they'll be hopping in with Bi- founders. Business is booming <laughs> and business is good. Assuming whatever you can describe as whatever is happening at either of these. You know, companies. I think these. <laughs> Those people would rather be slow right now. I think given you're probably not wrong. I think given the given the choice, they would rather be working doing something else. But um, anyway, they teamed up with Hand and Art to start documenting the extent of problems at BrewDog and started taking steps towards some possible outcomes, including legal action or even joining a labor union. Now, Hand and Heart is a hospitality consultant group. Um, like I said, that's also been working with employees at McKellar. Um, very much, uh, you know, which I guess that's really the the other poster child for bad uh, beer behavior right about now. Um, yeah. Crazy uh, how, like, really the American breweries were shitty last year, and then it feels like... Well, I think the, I mean, it feels like, I mean, these are like the biggest one. I mean, let's not forget... 
Boulevard. Um, Boulevard founders. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's, I feel there was one more big one that. Um, I have to go through all the. Well, there's platform lost their entire. Uh, uh, yeah, but that wasn't them. Um, but anyway, the the group is helping punks with a purpose to essentially create an online space where current and former employees can document their experiences with brew dogs and basically just do a a place to compile all these where they can start comparing notes, putting together timelines and, you know, giving some validity and some, you know, context to what's been happening at brew dogs. Now to what end? Well, a lot of that seems to depend on brew dog. Now, According to Kate Bernat, writing for Good Beer Hunting, Hand and Heart will not investigate any of the claims per se that will go through the website portal, but it is compiling the information anonymously, and again compiling it and you know and putting some context to it, and then sharing that with punks of the purpose and possibly the public. Hand and Heart will also do some legwork, bringing the stories together, and like I said, uh, compiling. Um, uh, Kate Bailey, the managing director at Hand and Heart, said. Uh, quote, the ultimate goal is to demonstrate to the company that these aren't just a handful of disgruntled employees. The reality of the data that we have on social media suggests that there are over 100 stories. Damn. However, their presence on social media has constantly been a method for the company to dismiss their legitimacy. And essentially the hope um, is that armed with more information that has been verified and corroborated, brew dogs will finally be forced to understand the gravity of the allegations that they are facing. Um, and while both Hand and Heart and Punks of the Purpose have insisted that this is not about building a legal case, the actions they are taking are exactly the kind of thing you would do <laughs> if you were building a legal case. So the subtext is should be pretty clear. You know, all the organizations that have um, that have stated that they would like, all these organizations have stated that they would like BrewDogs to step up, do the right thing, and if they don't. Well, gee, we just haven't had this class action lawsuit just laying around. It'd be a shame if, to just let and it go. And it's built a timeline showing it wasn't <clears throat> all these employees coming forward because it happened this one time. It's a pattern. Exactly. I mean, essentially, yeah, we drawn uh, out from X right. time to X time. You know, not only not only that, but perhaps mapping where James Watt was on the map during said times and noting a correlation. And yeah, you know, but and also, let's face it, it's easy to dismiss two or three people on social media mm-hmm. pissing and moaning. Yeah, you know, it's such what social media is for. When you have a hundred, you know, a, a hundred stories in front of you from oh yeah, and you know, like just from James Watt's attitude, you. I almost guarantee if you track his social media, he was in those parts. He was posting that he was in those parts of the country yeah. or world at that time. And so you can fucking roadmap it. So, I mean, it'll be pretty, I think it'll be pretty clear. I mean, it, 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 it yeah, if you're, if you're looking into it at all, it, it, it seems pretty clear that something was going on just because, listen, three people say you're an asshole. Well, three people might be, upset you know or have a grudge against you this many people this consistently something's something is up and you might be a sphincter (laughs) and you might want to look into that um rob mckay a member of punks of the purpose said quote we really hope that the that brew dogs will pay attention we don't want to be doing this forever ideally we'll see the evidence excuse me ideally we'd see the evidence that things are changing but we don't feel like we're seeing that yet um and the answer is 
uh, lawsuits are messy. And James Watt, for all his bloviating about bringing legal challenges, has to know that. So um, I guess the uh, ball the ball is officially uh, in your court, sir. <laughs> I was going to say, not only are lawsuits messy, they're expensive. Unless you're stone, apparently you have a punch card on fucking lawyers. Uh, <laughs> I hear they get their, I have their, their uh, 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 one punch away from their free litigation. Oh, probably. So <laughs> we're probably going to get well, sued because we said the delicious IPA wasn't delicious. I mean, it is garbage, but uh, I mean, you know, yeah, and that's kind of James Watt's kind of been go-to, but. I mean, uh, to my, they're to expensive. My- to my... And then all that knowledge gets brought out into the open court, and it, it then not only is a battle to win the court case, it's the battle to win court of public opinion. And also, to my knowledge, for you know, for all uh, James Watts, I'm going to sue those guys. I, to, I maybe you maybe you've heard something different, but I don't think he's actually brought a lawsuit, or Brew Dogs has actually brought a lawsuit. I could be wrong. I, I haven't heard anything, but, but I've never actually heard of them. Uh, doing that so it strikes me as a whole lot of just you know blowing smoke yeah you know and in threats and what have you but it's coming from the other direction now so bend over james <laughs> and you're about to feel some smoke <laughs> it's it's gonna be a little more solid than that but anyway <laughs> speaking of hot water tyler <laughs> oh you took my I joke did, motherfucker i did i did take your joke how do you feel about that? I feel betrayed. <laughs> well, sue me then. <laughs> I will. <laughs> First, I'm going to call James Watt, see if I can get the number for his attorney. <laughs> I don't think you want that attorney. <laughs> I think I think right now, again, I don't think there's actually been a lawsuit, so I think if you talk to James Watt's attorney, it's going to sound like him, but in a higher voice. He's like, yeah, this is James Watt's attorney. Trying to ditch the Scottish accent. <laughs> Yeah, he broke all the laws. <laughs> Why does he sound like Mickey? Is your, is your lawyer Mickey fucking Mouse? <laughs> uh, I think I'd win if I had Mickey Mouse. He'd look at you and be like, well, you fucked a pangolin. <laughs> you fucked a pangolin, didn't you? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my courtroom. <laughs> and then Jeremy would be like, I'm sorry, Tyler. Crying and... Yeah. <laughs> that was about to go that even was, further uh, in the weeds, but I had to stop myself. Uh, let's talk about a beer festival. How about that? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, found an article on craft brewing business uh, talking about everyone's favorite beverage, hot beer. No, that's the opposite. That's <laughs> that's that's beverage. That's that's beer done wrong. Usually. Uh, well, they interviewed Primitive Beers, Brandon Bolt, uh, and. Uh, to kind of give a little backstory, um, I mean, beer, especially craft beer, has always had like tried to pull from styles and different things back in the day. We talked about it in season one or two. There was the little stems you could fill with hot water and drop into your beer to warm I, up a lager. That did come to mind when you uh, when you brought up this story, yeah. Uh, but this one's a little bit different. Uh, kind of a quirky artifact lost to the beer culture is hot beer uh virtually every culture bound by cold winter climate has a heritage with fermented beverages served warm serve served to warm the body and soul uh so only makes sense people used to do it with beer uh, but it's kind of died off and well i think you know, i think I've, I've read about you know 
people, you know, heating up and spicing beer, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, while it seems normal with wine, it does seem archaic to do with beer. But Yeah, I was going to say, in the article actually talked about how Primitive Beer, Cohesion Brewing, and Worldworks Brewing out of Colorado uh, decided to bring the hotness back, and they're hosting a hot beer fest and holiday marketplace, and they hosted this back in December. It was inspired by Glovine, Gluvine, uh, so hot mold wine, mm-hmm. similar to hot mold apple cider, uh, but basically just done with beer. Uh, so it's a the beer fest showcased three separate culture, cultural traditions. Man, I can't talk right now. <laughs> uh, and methods for serving beer heated. Uh, it coincided with their marketplace because uh, who doesn't love to drink and buy. Holiday crafts for family as present. That's the only way I do uh, any Christmas shopping is half in the bag. Yeah, and that's why Jeremy's been banned from three shopping malls. Uh. Listen, if the if that that <laughs> that guy in the Santa suit was asking for it, okay, <laughs> he was he he was trying to get kids to sit on his lap. That's not okay. Um, that's a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I I let him have it. I uh, you know. I, <laughs> My, you beat one mall Santa with his own candy cane and banned for life. <laughs> All I can think of is the always it, it's always sunny in Philadelphia episode where Charlie beats like bites a Santa in the neck and starts beating the fuck out of him because he's like, "You fucked my mom." <laughs> That's kind of what that appeared appeared in my mind too. Oh, perfect. Uh, so they decided to speak with Brandon Bolt of Primitive Beer uh, to explain kind of what inspired him this and what it was all about um so they aimed for so they took they wanted to make a base that they could blend and serve as a foundation for heating with the mulling spices and honey as well as would be very easy drinking on its own Mm -hmm. uh so they if you think about like mold wine it's typically using gate red wine creek or cider something Bold, yeah, yeah. strong flavors. Uh, so they created. Cl- my, see, my the first thing that comes to mind is like a barley wine, like a English style barley wine, or maybe an old ale. So they created a cl- custom blend from their spontaneous beers aged on Colorado Montmorency cherries, petite pearl red wine grapes, and some younger unfruited stock with pleasant cider like qualities. Oh, so they actually went for a full red wine kind of. I mean, a red wine beer. Yeah. Interesting. So they they went with the base and then added with the cherries, the red wine grapes. Uh, They were shooting for a restrained acidity, moderately assertive tannins, and deep red fruit flavors. Um, Would you like to guess how they did the fermentation, Jeremy? I mean... Like, not... I mean, I, I... I'm going to say in a tank, but I'm not sure that's what you're... What you're so at. they went uh, kind of along the lines of like a Belgian Lambic. Okay. Uh, known as Methode Traditional. Uh, oh, so like champagne carbonation type? Close. Uh, so there's a hyperlink to the specifics if you want to get in and nerd out, but that is over my head. So uh, <laughs> Jeremy, you can read that when you'd like. Uh, they were using 100% Colorado ink ingredients to spontaneously inoculate a turbid mash, marathon boiled wort, hopped with debittered ho- whole cone Willamette. Uh, they then 
allowed airborne microbes to that are captured during the 12 to 18 hour chilling in the cool ship and never harvested or reused in successive batches. Hmm. So they cool ship fermented, which was part of the reason why I grabbed this beer. Okay. Um, after, I was about to say cool. I was like, I go cool ship. Is that the reason for this? But I thought that was too on the nose. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, I forgot. I forgot the mind I was uh, across the table from. So uh, they then, uh, after inoculation, they are racked into clean, neutral oak punchins or and fooders, and are allowed to ferment and mature on lees. Not sure what that fucking is. The well, lees are 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 the the. Um, the remains of you know basically what's in the tank you usually refer well the least can be referred to what's left in the uh left in a can or what's left in a fermenter or what's left i mean okay in, in any given context it's what's left behind okay so uh so that is how they do the primary for any secondary or tertiary fermentations they use whole pasteurized fruits blended with the mature beer uh any beers that are carbonated are made sparkling through bottle conditioning over another four plus months, much like the tr- transition of tranquil white wine to champagne. So, fucking spot on. Yeah. Well, the the method and method tradition all in in in, sh- in sh- making champagne is weird and kind of interesting. Yeah. But uh, so the glue beer, uh, the mold hop with honey and spices. Uh, were both served. Uh, they said the mulling, it was hard to differentiate from like their favorite glue wine, glue vine, um, that and the beer they made. So they sounds like got pretty fucking close to what they were shooting. For. Right. Right. Um, and they said, uh, the all natural, uh, <laughs> was served in a glass at room temperature. And it was a, very unique experience that a lot of people got to experience and from the sounds of it it was very well received uh people had a great time and actually got to learn a little bit about uh a different technique for beer and it also kind of inspired me or reminded me i saw a video on beer twitter i can't remember who posted it but it was at a bar in like chicago and literally they had like a fucking like brewing heating rod plugged in and we're walking around on a patio when it was like 10 degrees outside in chicago and people are all drinking their beer out there bundled up and they're like do you want the hot beer they're like yep (laughs) shove it in the beer and it'd foam up and then they'd hand the beer back to them and they'd drink uh and then right after i saw that video i was talking to the owner of handlebar here in boise and he was like hey i'm gonna start doing like heat rod in some beers and try to do something fun like that i was like wow that's fucking ironic uh i saw a video of i, I saw a video of him doing that i'm like what? and it took me a minute to go what the fuck is he first of all the the the, the handlebar for if you're not familiar with uh, uh the idaho drinking culture um uh handlebar is run by a glorious maniac uh, it's basically a a, 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 a you know, bicycle themed bar bicycle themed beer bar or tap room mm-hmm. um but uh, the guy who runs it, I mean, he has—he's very much that type of person who, um, who, you know, when an idea enters his head, he will go to any length to make that. And has the ability to usually drive through. He will Frankenstein crazy bikes together for the races he does. He fills his baller full of sand once a year to do a beach week in the middle of winter. Um, 
Yeah, but it cranks up the heat, puts sand everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the kind of thing where if you're, like, running a bar, you're like, that's amazing. I do not want to clean up after that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I, I, it we, sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But we do it because, holy shit, is it fun. <laughs> yeah. So, walked in there one day when he finally got it ready. And he had, so the first day when he was telling me this, he had bought little, like, stainless steel, like, shish kebab skewers. <laughs> It was trying to heat him up with a little torch, and it wasn't working. And then came back a week or so later, and he had an actual like steel rod, and he had like a Burns-O-Matic oxygen say, tank yeah, he, had creme, torch. he had a creme brulee torch he was using on that, I think. Oh, the, he also had the creme brulee torch for the top. Okay, yeah. So he's like, hey, do you want a hot beer? I was like, you know what? Sure. Let's light it up. So I, I got a... Winter warmer, I think. Yeah. He had did. So he poured, heated it up till it got smoking hot, dipped in. It foams up, it left a thick head on it, and then he creme relay torched the top of the foam. So you got just real smoky character from like the mm-hmm. torch on the top. Uh, it caramelized a lot of the sugars that were still left, and he's like, I've found if you do a sweeter beer, it dries it out a little more. Where if you do a drier beer, it just doesn't really add as much. Yeah. Uh, so he had stuffed it in, and it was weird because it didn't fully heat it up, but it heated it almost from cold to like room, room temp. temp. Yeah. And so it was weird because like the foam was still warm, but then you'd hit the slight cooling of the beer. Huh. And it, it was a unique sensory experience where, yeah, it dried it out. It really kind of added a little, like I said, the little bit of the smoky flavor kind of rounded out some of the caramel notes and just softened it up. Hmm. So, uh, I feel we need to get a stout, get a metal rod, and try it out, Jeremy, on the podcast. Oh, Christ, no. I mean... And that's and, and that's the idea that that ended it's all beer after he burned my house down. <laughs> we'll do it outside and bring the beer inside. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> well, uh, put everything together and I will drink your hot beer, I suppose. Or we both go down to Handlebar, get Ezra to do it and we discuss it on the podcast. I mean, that that that'd be less be- you know, that'd be uh, 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 more advantageous cuz he's just risking his own place of burning down and it's not the first time he's probably risked his own place burning down. and i don't know if he's still even doing it i'm trying to think last time i walked in there if he had anything but it's been a while since i've been down there i don't know if i have to ask so but jeremy what do we got next all right a story to make you feel about your own beer the, about the beer laws in your own state news now Woo-hoo, our favorite topic shitty beer laws wait before we start out of all the states we've talked about shitty beer laws was it pennsylvania or Texas that we were deemed had kind of the shittiest laws. Pennsylvania, because I feel because they were the one state that the, shut down the liquor stores store. during the pandemic. I mean, not fully, but they made it all all but impossible. no. They shut it down, and then when all the states around them started bitching, they opened it back up, but then made the website super hard to get to. And right? Then, yeah. Um, well, this might take a uh, 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 Mississippi might uh, might uh, uh, take the cake. We were gonna uh, headline with their last in education and. But apparently Mississippi's moved up in education. Who is so. lost in education now? 
I don't know. Okay. I was scared to look. Well, I was hoping it wasn't Idaho. Anyway, I mean, if it wasn't for that back asswards in inbred state, Idaho really would be at the bottom of the list for such things like literacy, infant mortality, child marriage, functional infrastructure, and the availability of dogfish head, which actually just arrived there in 2019. We got it first. <laughs> we are, once again, Idaho, not last, not last, not last, not last. <laughs> hey, Indiana may be moving to shittier... Uh, education rankings here soon with the new law they just passed. So Perfect. All we have to do is just maintain our course and let the rest of the country get shittier. Yep. Um, anyway, um, basically I'm saying is that, that when it comes to issues we thought we'd all dealt with early in the 20th century, Idaho and Mississippi, and Mississippi slightly worse. Hey, we every time we've talked about laws, Idaho still has pretty liberal alcohol laws. Well, and, um, and, and in this case, you're, you might even more so because, I mean, even if you might not have known for a fact, you might have like maybe sensed in your heart of heart that Mississippi is not exactly the destination for craft beer. Um, yeah, but I figured they would have had loose alcohol laws like Louisiana because I know also in some parts of Mississippi, you can legally drive with a beer in your hand while drinking it as long as you are legally under the legal limit to dr- for a DUI. So if you're drinking a Bud Light driving down the road and you get pulled over, that's not illegal. It's considered a soda unless you are over the legal limit. That's handy. Well, except for, I mean, there are some uh, positively directorian beer laws that would give the most zealotous Idaho Mormon a little bulge in his magic underpants. <laughs> um, this started, I basically fell down a rabbit hole. This started with a frankly terribly written article from the Clarion Ledger by Lisey Beveridge uh, that talked a lot about the beer group called Razor Pints, which, again, led down to about a little bit of, uh, uh, a little bit of rabbit hole. Fun fact, um, Tyler, can you guess when Prohibition officially ended in Mississippi? 1962. It ended officially January 1st, 2021. Last fucking year. Prohibition officially ended. I can I, think of two universities there that have been breaking the law for a now, long time. Then now, I, now I probably should clarify what that means. That means that so um, you know in in any in any state you know you know there are you know, you know in places all over the United States there are dry counties, but it is still legal to possess alcohol. You cannot purchase it. In some counties in Mississippi, up to last year, it was illegal to possess alcohol. What the fuck? It was the only state, it was the last remaining state, where it was illegal in some part, because the, the individual counties had to vote it in, but there were some parts of Mississippi where it was illegal to possess it. Could you imagine, like, if you just had, like, you were driving through fucking Mississippi and you had some craft beer in your fucking car and got pulled over and went to jail for having fucking beer? Um, I mean, now, truth be told, I'm not sure how much of those laws were enforced. I'm guessing they were somewhere between not at all and it depends on what your license plate says. <laughs> I was going to say, some backwoods cops is like, I'm going to show this city, boy. Yeah, I mean, that I wouldn't... I think I was reading something in, um, uh, in some... Yeah, I don't know, I think in some newspaper somewhere... 
um, where there was a town in Mississippi that was like, I mean, they, they were funding uh, their city to an enormous degree on, on traffic violations. And they would have a line outside the courthouse when, the, like, the two days it was open. Like a line around the block of people going, this is horseshit. <laughs> oh, fuck. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, uh, Raise Your Pines, which is a, was a, is a collection of craft beer fu- uh, fans, entrepreneurs, and at least one brewery owner, um, have been instrumental in changing the laws into something resembling the 21st century United States. Um, the group started back in 2005. In response to the fact that craft beer fans who found themselves stuck in Mississippi pretty much had no choice but to leave the state to find good beer. Um, they did have one brewery. You may you may have heard of it or know of it. Uh, Lazy Magnolia. Oh, yeah. Um, I've had their beer. Um, I, strange enough, I had it in Louisiana because I'm not going to fucking Mississippi. Yeah. Um, their Saison, I remember. I had I, I of all the the one I remember specifically, their Saison was quite good. I feel I had one of their beers one time, but I can't remember what it was. So that might speak to how that beer was. But at the time, uh, Mississippi law prohibited the sale of any beer over five percent. So that not only limited quite quite uh, heftily how much you could sell, you know, how much out of state beer you could sell, but also limited quite quite heftily what Lazy Magnolia could do, or at least could sell in their home state. It might be a it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest to hear that Lazy Magnolia is not unlike Utah breweries, where a lot of their sales and a lot of their focus is really their surrounding the surrounding states. Um, <clears throat> but. Uh, also, there were entire, you know, sorry, like I said, there were entire counties you couldn't possess beer at all, and let's not forget that. And um, the sale of beer was limited county by county. Now, l- leading the charge, Rager Pine started working on working on lawmakers, and ten years ago, um, it, in 2012, it became legal to sell beer up to 10. percent Woo, hot diggity <laughs> damn! Which is it's still not great. I think Idaho's 15, 16. They they bumped it up bumped some... up recently. Okay, that's hey we're keep keep this up. Then by you know sometime in 2050 we'll be able to to to, to get a, a dragon's blood in or worldwide stout. <laughs> we'll take a quick break because we're 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 out of beer. We're opening um, uh, Dub Space. Yep, it's a uh, Ninkasi and Modern Times. I mean, it looks like your typical like new craft beer can. Where you're like, is this a can or is this some abstract art? Uh, I mean, yes. It, it can be both. You know, it does look like... There's no IP theft on it, so uh makes it kind of hard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, collaboration between Modern Times and Inkasi, which I was like, man, I haven't had Inkasi in such a long time. It's a hazy IPA. Yep. Uh, double, 8.5%. Oh, good. Uh, the... Would you like to guess the hops? Or did you already look at them? I haven't looked at them, but I'm going to guess from the aroma, Sabro is in there? No. Okay. I suck. Um, hold on. I'm going to try one more. Well, Citra, I think, might be a given. That's probably No. Too no. Shit. All right. Um, Galaxy? No. All right. I, you know what? Let's just go ahead and lay it out. I don't, I don't know anything about beer. Um. Mosaic cryo hops. God damn it! I was gonna guess mosaic. Strata, Centennial, and HBC five eight six. 
Oh, well, the experimental ones. Yep. So if you're like, what the fuck? All, HBC will stand for Hop Breeding Company, and then that's basically Ooh. crop number 586. Just took a, I just took the first taste, and the first taste, when I'm like, oh, not a fan. That one's a little bit harsh. Hold on, let me let me gather my let me gather my uh, uh, my uh, uh, resources and try this again. I don't know what do you think. It's got an odd taste at the back, almost like. See, there's so right. It, it almost reminds me of like when you shoot a cheap whiskey that tastes like vanilla. <laughs> okay. And you get a little bit of almost like that fusel alcohol at the back, and then a, like almost like a slight vanilla. And I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, right off the back, I get like overripe orange, tangerine peel, pineapple. But like that, then there was like this. I mean, it was like this. Like the the flavor kind of coasts up, and it's you know, there's it's got the nice it's got the nice warm mouth feel, and the flavor kind of coasts up. And there's this part where it just it's astringent like. I don't know. I mean, not bitter as much as... Hold on. Here we go again. Like... You get this, like, weird, astringent wood and grassy, but not in a good way. I I mean... In a way that kind of clashes. I mean, just kind of, like, you get the, you get the fruity aspect of it, then there's, like... A sudden, like, earthy, woody, but... I am, like, the booziness on this. And normally, <laughs> I love a boozy beer. Is, like, overpowering this maybe, on me. And I think maybe some of the, like, some of the ethanol is, like, creating some weird... It's not that, but it's not that big. I mean, you know. No. Eight and a half is... I mean, it, it's imperial territory, but it's, you know. You can still sell it in Mississippi. Which is going to be the which is going to be the, the the level for like you know moderately moderate strength beer <laughs> as of this story. Yeah. Anyway, because as I said, it was legal to sell beer up to ten percent, and uh, uh, once they got it up to that level, something resembling a craft beer movement began in Mississippi. Um, and now in twenty thirteen, it became legal to brew your own beer in Mississippi. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I said 2013, like. <laughs> when the Homebrew Act passed? 1967, I think? Yeah. It passed under Carter. Yeah, like I know when the fuck. So that would actually be later. Well, anyway. I thought it was 60s or 70s, somewhere in there. Maybe I got my, I might have my numbers, maybe a 76. May have my numbers transposed. But anyway, I, I know it, I know it passed under Carter because that was about, I, First of all, I was like, "Oh, it's one thing Carter did, and it's also it's the one beneficial thing I can think of a president doing in my in in you know in recent history." Well, I got two hundred bucks from George Bush at one point in time. Yeah, you got some Donald dollars and some Biden bucks. That too, but I still think the homebrewing thing was better. Yeah. Um, anywho, um, uh, became legal to brew your own beer in twenty thirteen. Um, now, let's be real. Um, People in Mississippi they ain't gonna making, fucking listen. They they were making they were making all sorts of libations. I talk shit, but you know there are some folks 
um, in a silly little thing like laws are not going to stop uh, the unhealthy ingestion of methanol getting away of between them and a good time. Mm-hmm. Just not going to happen. Um, now, an alligator will stop it before a law will. Exactly. Uh, important point. Um, at this point, uh, we are now in 2013. Breweries can sell beer, but not in a taproom setting. They could brew it, package it, sell it to state liquor stores who would then sell it to the public. Um, but the ability to sell, and this is true, uh, volumes less than a gallon um, started in 2017. So from 2013 to 2017, you had to sell a gallon jug or a keg of that bitch? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it, which, a quick side note. I uh, mean, that makes sense. Mississippi mud used to come in a fucking gallon. I mean, a quick side note. I love this urge that prohibitionists have where they say, well, you can buy booze, but not under a certain amount. Like, we're going to look at four pitchers of beer and shuffle our feet and go, oh, man, that's too much, boozy booze. Guess I'll go find Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that. if anything, it should cap you at, like, you can only buy a six-pack. I mean, you'd think the prohibitionists would be like, okay, you can get, like, three ounces, but... Yeah, serve eight-ounce cans, and you got it. You know, but they're like, no, no, you can't sell anything less than a gallon. That'll teach them, and then... Because they disagree with alcohol, but they're still going to make their money off it. And, and of course, the the drinkers are like, challenge accepted. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) But it does make running a tap room kind of of difficult, where they're like, yeah, can I get get, uh, uh, some of the uh, IPA? Well, we only serve by the gallon. I guess I'm staying here then. <laughs> Bar hopping gets real sketchy. And by the way, if I'm stuck in Mississippi, go ahead and bring me a gallon of fucking beer. <laughs> I don't care what's going to happen. I mean, just... Listen, I'm stuck in Mississippi. I'm going to need that much alcohol. So bring it. Call a cab, who, which I think is a guy named Cletus with a wheelbarrow. Um, Bear, hope we don't turn into the swamp, though. <laughs> I think that's exactly what happens, but that's why I have a gallon of beer. One for me and one for the road and the alligator he did. Yeah, here you go, buddy. <laughs> and then me and the alligator are best friends forever. Um, in 2017, um, they changed the laws to the point where you could serve by the pint and then a true tap room uh, could, uh, could be built. And many of the breweries did. Um, again, this is 2017, not 1917. Like, what... What were the liquor laws looking like? Like, could you go to a bar and just order a glass of liquor? I, I don't know. I mean, the, but most of what I found, what I mean, because I'm like, they're serving liquor by the gallon too. Like that's. I mean, I. It seems there's got to be bars in Mississippi, so I think this had to do specifically with breweries. Breweries couldn't. couldn't Which order. I don't know, like why breweries get the bad rap in like all these prohibition laws, because a lot of times you'll get four full before you'll want to burn down your house <laughs> i mean you know clearly there's clearly there's got to be bars in mississippi it's not that bad or i would have heard about it and so i think this is <laughs> i think this i i mean and again jeremy just is like can't go there mm-hmm. i just i just want to state i mean this <laughs> where this kicked off was a pretty badly written story and i had to supplement it and kind of wherever <laughs> Kind of wherever I could, and it kind of drove me to a bunch of like these little newspapers all over Mississippi, where you know they'd give you two sentences. You, know, you got to buy a subscription. I'm like, I'm not buying a subscription. <laughs> I'm not giving you a penny. <laughs> Listen, I I I, I am a, I, I I I do support journalism, and I think that's important. I do have uh, uh, subscriptions to several newspapers, you know, especially ones that we feature quite frequently on this podcast, because then I get to write it off on taxes. Um, 
Um, but um, I'm not gonna spend the money on the Clarion Ledger. I'm sorry, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> anyway, um, you know what? You probably could have called the town hall, and they would be like, "Oh, let me tell you all about it." <laughs> I don't want anybody. Bing! I don't want anybody in Mississippi having my phone number. <laughs> That's why you use your work phone. <laughs> um, in 2020, with a pandemic raging, um, raise your pints, um, um, managed to get through a very reluctant um, uh, uh, legislature, uh, the ability for at-home delivery for beer and wine. Um, but as uh, a man named Hunter Estes noted in an article from I thought the, you were going to say Hunter S. Thompson. I was like, oh boy. No, Hunter Estes noted in an article from the Yahoo Herald dated in 20, uh, June of 29th of 2020, there's still a lot more to do. For one, no, no surprise here, the Sunday sale of alcohol is not, there's, there is none. And not going to happen. I don't think that's surprised to anybody with, with the laws I've read out. I mean, you, you, you almost suspect, and you can't get booze on Sunday? Okay, yeah, fair enough. I guess mm-hmm. I, you know. Saw that coming. Yeah. I'll um, stock up Saturday. Here's a nice one. Um, they were trying to get the sale of beer and wine through a fucking grocery store. Because here's the thing. All the big stores, your Costco's, your Walmart's, your major grocery stores. Want to be able to sell it? No, no, no. Here's the thing. They all have liquor stores attached to their store, right? So, you can, you, but you can't like go between them, right? So you have to go into the store. Walk out. Get your groceries. Walk out. Walk in. Go around to the side. To well, the- well, that's like if you look here, there is almost a liquor store located near any Albertsons. Well, and and you'll also notice that you know you find an Albertsons. There's a liquor store within a block. I and, almost guarantee it. Well, and by the way, in, in some small towns, in like the one grocery store there, mm-hmm. they also have the liquor store like built in or a gas station or <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some places where in Idaho where they're like, well, it has to be through a liquor store. There's three buildings here. Pick one. Well, I guess, the but li- they still have to then operate like they're a state-run liquor store, and they have. Because uh, talking with Tate, who owns Hilltop Station between Boise and Idaho City, their little convenience store next to their restaurant is one of the liquor stores. Oh, really? I... And so anytime it's a closed holiday, even though their gas station's still open, he has to tape off his liquor <laughs> and remind people, you can't buy it on 4th of July from us. Stock up before. Oh, Christ. That's got to be a and fucking nightmare. right by the lake where everyone from Boise goes to fucking boat. That's got to be a goddamn... You almost have to... You almost have to hire somebody just to stand in front of the liquor with a gun going, just, nope, nope, not happening. So he police caution tapes it off. He does a post the whole week leading up being like... You know hey, what, you know what I you know what I would do if I were him. I would also like put the like put the 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 pictures, names, and phone numbers and emails of all my state legislatures all all, all and over that. Just cover that <laughs> and just cover that. Going, listen, I can't sell you beer. I can't sell you this. Have a giant like cardboard cutout. <laughs> and here, if you live around this area, call this person. If exactly. you live here, call this person. <laughs> That person just on the 4th of July's phone's blowing up with drunk assholes being like, I wanted to do a fireball shot. I mean, that would be, 
I would. That's what I would do if I were him. That'd be brilliant. Just, Next time I talk to him, I'll <laughs> just right there. Like, you want to know who's responsible? That guy. That white ass motherfucker. Call him. Call him incessantly. You know what? Call everyone. <laughs> you know what? Call them all. Print off a business card. Here's all their phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we're um, the uh, you know. Uh, anyway, the point was, so you couldn't, in Mississippi, you can't, you have to leave the store, go around to the side to a separate store that's still attached to the building. You just can't have uh, anything, you know, you can't have, mm-hmm. in between, none shall pass. Yeah. I think the point is, is that, you know, by the time you get your groceries, get them to the car, load them into your car, go around, you, you find Mississippi Jesus who will, you know, tell you that booze is or bad. Or you get booze first put the booze in your car because it doesn't matter if the booze warms up i guess there's that i mean my, my point is maybe you find mississippi jesus and mississippi jesus tells you the booze in his bed but fuck your cousin is fine so maybe so you here's on- some mississippi mud <laughs> that's uh, what i'm bringing next podcast mississippi mud oh god no oh uh, i'm doing it if i would have known we were doing mississippi i would have brought mississippi mud today um, there's a lot of other crazy laws, but if you live in a state with crazy fuck laws, you probably recognize most of them. But, and, but the point is that 70%, 70% of Mississippi voters say they want beer and wine available in the grocery store. And the will of the people is being thwarted here, I would argue in many states, but with, with fucking archaic beer laws. Um, but, you know, I think the important thing that, that I kind of took away from it is, you know, the people who want the booze outnumber the people who don't want you to have it. Mm-hmm. And But the people who want the booze are usually lazy enough that they won't try to get a petition started to get a law changed. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that's what this illustrates is that you, you get to a point, I mean, here in Idaho, um, the Snake River Homebrew Club has been making some headway and changing some of our funkier laws. Yeah. Um, we They, they basically started by... Um, um, b- Bringing our state in line with what's generally accepted federal standards of homebrew laws. Um, basically, you know, for speaking of bizarre laws, um, in Idaho, it was up till two years ago, you could only make wine, you know, according to the strictest reading of the, of the, of the law. You could only make wine from, quote, native ingredients. Okay. And you go, well, what the fuck does that mean? I was going to say, that's the problem with the, the biggest knock I have on a lot of Idaho laws is they're left up to interpretation. And, you know, obviously that was not, and you know, you also have to wonder. Enforced. Yeah, you also have to wonder how much this was enforced. I mean, I'm sure there were homebrewers and homebrew clubs who were as shocked as anybody to go, wait, you can't do that here? You know, there's always this question of how much is some of this enforced, but, you know, obviously with some of the stuff, it is being enforced and it's a pain in the ass. Um, but the State for Homebrew Club is working on changing a lot of laws. You know, uh, uh, you know the, the, the pines, Razor Pines in Mississippi have been very instrumental, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and they were a big push that finally in 2020, they passed the law that finally ended prohibition in Mississippi. And, you know, and that was officially took effect on July, on January 1st, 2021. So if Mississippi can finally get there. I'm starting to get more like orange peel coming out of this now. <laughs> just wanted to throw that in. Like, I just took a drink and I was like, that didn't just taste like straight rubbing alcohol. So the beer's getting better. Oh, 
I, I, that's a beautiful segue. Tyler, what, a, what, what do you have next for us? Well, Jeremy, we got some bad news. We had another casualty of COVID. Uh, after more than a thousand years, this English pub is going to be closing its doors. What's the name of the pub? I'm going to ask you because I know you can't wait to say its name. I think you would. <laughs> I think if you if you could, you would legally have your your name changed to this. No, I changed the name of the podcast to this. Okay, what is pray tell? What is the name of uh, of the pub? Ye old fighting cocks, <laughs> and old spelled with an e. Of course it is. <laughs> it has to be. Uh, it's in St. Albans, uh, just north of London, uh, has been in business since 70, 793 AD. So, uh, which, fuck, saw, drove by a shitty dive bar on Satan. It's like celebrating 75 years in business. And I was like, damn, that's impressive. There's a, I mean, like, <laughs> it, I, I went to the oldest bar in New Orleans, which is well over what? The blacksmith? Yeah, which is what yep. two hundred years old? Yeah, something like that. And you like you look around, going, "Wow, this is amazing!" And you're like, this, "Like, like watch someone almost get hit in the street by a car right there." Uh, but I drink mean, a couple beers there. But you know, for for perspective, when you know, like when when they were opening, they were going, "Yeah, we just celebrated our eight hundredth year anniversary." Yeah. <laughs> when you're in triple digits. Um, I mean, you know, what? what when do they start business? Seven. 793 AD. So, I mean, in the since they've opened, um, let's you know, just put this in perspective. Uh, the Magna Carta was signed. Uh, the Americas were discovered. <laughs> uh, Fuck. And, and 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 some people living on them. It turns out. Um, <laughs> Don't worry about those. All the countries in the Americas were founded. <laughs> Two world wars. <laughs> Two world wars. <laughs> yeah. So it the now craft, the craft beer revolution, and then yeah, it now has to close its doors after a sustained period of extremely challenging trading conditions, according to the statement from landlord Christo Tafali uh, on the pub's Facebook page. Uh, along with my team, I I have tried to, everything to keep the pub going. Tafali wrote. However, the past two years have been unprecedented for the hospitality industry and have defeated all of us who have been trying our hardest to... Fuck you, you've gone through at least two plagues. (laughs) (laughs) I know for a fact you went through the Spanish flu. I'm not entirely sure you didn't go through one of the Justinian plagues. (laughs) And they were worse. (laughs) So, he did say... Listen, um, I'm you know. <laughs> listen, you know, COVID, you know, COVID restrictions, all that. The COVID is a bit of a shit plague. Let's be, let's be honest. Also, one question that that came to mind is, you've been in business since 793. How the fuck are, do you have a mortgage? Like, what the fuck do you owe on this place? I mean, my, <laughs> I, I'll get to the other question. I've had like, I mean. It, it, you know, is this really something? I mean, when you say continually in business, I mean, someone else can buy this, and ye old cock will be you know, ye old fighting cock will have been resurrected, and will sh- and shall continue fighting yes. as a cock for another thousand years. I, I I'm assuming. Okay, because so. I mean, because there's no fucking way that the you know this is like the, the same, same family, family or some yeah. shit or the same person. So, <laughs> uh, so apparently. Business was already trending down 
Also, before the pandemic, a quick side note: What if this was like a family-owned business for a thousand years? How shitty would you feel <laughs> as the one as the, as the child in twenty twenty to fuck it up? And you couldn't even blame a pandemic because when you get to heaven or hell or wherever you're going, your ancestor would be like, "I survived the pan- Spanish flu." Like, yeah. and the and your other ancestor like, "I survived two of the Justinian plagues." I survived World War One and Two, <laughs> where when the bomb sirens went off, we had to shut the bar down. <laughs> but you're gonna be heckled by your ancestors for yeah. all eternity. So, uh, but he said uh, business was already kind of tra- trending down. They were extremely tough before the pandemic, but with COVID nineteen, uh, left the strug- the pub struggling to meet its financial obligations. Fuck the. The cholera uh, outbreak. I mean, <laughs> you know the one, the one where Doctor Cook figured out that uh, uh, that oh, it was drinking pure shit that's causing this. <laughs> so, uh, he said the pub's been so much more than just a business to me, and I feel honored to have played even a small part in this history. Uh, so the the article I saw on CNN uh, did talk between 2008 and 2018. More than 11,000 pubs closed their doors. Uh, just the trend of more people drinking at home in Europe than out yeah. at bars, pubs, restaurants. Uh, gave a little backstory on it. So the main pub, the main structure of the ye old Fighting Cucks was built... Can you, wait, what is that accent you're doing right there? Oh, I'm just trying to get cheesy. Ye, ye old Fighting Cucks! <laughs> uh, was built... In the 11th century, and was originally used as a pigeon house, according to a local tourist board. Okay. Uh, it took the name from the cockfights that were held there in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. I mean, that does not surprise me in the slightest. No. Uh, Oliver Cromwell reportedly slept one night at the inn during the English Civil War. Burn it down. <laughs> Burn that fucking accursed place down. Uh, it used to be recognized as the oldest pub in England by the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, they inactivated that listing because they couldn't confirm across several bars who started first because some the buildings may have been around longer but it may not have always been a bar, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, <laughs> a spokesperson for Mitchell's and Butler's, the brewery that owns the premises, said that it's working to reopen it. Okay. Uh, they said, we can confirm that sadly our tenants at Ye Old Fighting Cocks... <laughs> <laughs> ye Old Fighting Cocks! <laughs> ...have appointed administrators, but can reassure locals that this is not the end for the pub. So there we go. <laughs> so, this iteration may be dying, but there's a chance that new no, owners... No, no. What I'm hearing is some some halfwits losing their job. Yield fighting cock stays strong. <laughs> the landlord has lost the, the, the you know the landlord needs to get a new tenant to keep the cocks hard. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that's that's the headline for this. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing is that uh, there's a slight change in management, but the you know the the the, the cocks of a thousand years shall shall march on. <laughs> shall remain firm. Oh, Christ. Uh, Tyler, anything else to today? Yeah, saw a fun fact. Uh, so this weekend is the Phoenix Waste Management Open a golf tournament in the PGA. They will go through... This is like the one tournament 
that is a party, uh, they will go through 31,000 cases of beer this week alone. Okay. I I didn't... I, I, to be honest, I didn't understand a word you said up till about 31,000 cases alone. Um, a, a golf tournament, they're going to drink yes. that much? Yes. This golf tournament is a party. I want to say the 16th hole has big grandstands, and it is a fucking rager. Like, you will see... Just Google videos of people at the Waste Management Open. I watched one guy defy gravity. Like, he was trying, he was stumbling because he was so drunk he couldn't walk, but he never fell. See, when you say, like, a party at, at like, a golf tournament. Imagine I, a frat party on a golf course. What, what I, In my mind, what I see is, like, King of the Hill. Just a bunch of guys going, yep. No. Yep. Like I said. Frat party on a golf course, <laughs> shotgunning Miller Lights. 31,000 cases of beer in a week. You could say, yep, too, Bobby. You earned it. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun little fact for you okay. going into this weekend. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep that in mind. This has been the It's Fighting Cocks podcast. <laughs> ye old! Sorry, the Ye old Fighting Cocks podcast. And don't forget the silent E! <laughs> I pronounce the E. Um, you you want to get a hold of us, you can find us at It's All Beer One, uh, soon to be uh, at It's All Fighting Co- Cox. Uh, this is not. <laughs> We're going to talk cockfighting and beer. <laughs> We're not going to do that. This office is. Oh, I'm dropping a rooster in this office. <laughs> this office is. There might be a rooster in here. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. They, they, this is this, this is a bit of a disaster. Zone. You can get a hold of us on we'll Twitter. We'll give Declan a, a goalie outfit, and he can fight the rooster. All right, that might be worth the videotaping. Uh, it's all beer one for our stories on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, where I post pictures and shit about what we're drinking. I need to take a picture of what we've been drinking today, um, and that is at, at it's all beer. Um, you can get a hold of us on uh, email if you want to have any fighting stories or want to send uh, 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 Tyler a fighting cock. Um, you can do that at it's gmail uh, it's all beer at gmail. He says send me, but I never check that email, so it's going to Jeremy. If you send an email saying where to send, where, where can I send Tyler a fighting cock? I will give you his address. Um. <laughs> and you know you can leave us a apparently. A, uh, you can leave us right on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook. It might be worth doing, you know, just like to put like five stars and go, you know, I'm going to send Tyler a fighting cock. Let me know where to A ye old. Ye old. It has to be at least a thousand year old. Yeah. You know, basically it should be in a box, just a bunch of bones, and we'll resurrect it and, uh, you know, necro rooster fa- uh, uh, fighting. That's what we're going for here. Because there's no law against that. Also... Tune in to the Super Bowl on Sunday to see if Budweiser decides to take a shot at craft beer. You know what? I would be at this point in time. I'd be highly surprised uh, that if they do because I, if, they got bigger fish. I'd say I, I think I think they tried a couple of times. Either it didn't do anything for sales, or it did. You know, I mean, all it did was like a slight bump. Yeah, you know, I mean, it might have like got people on their side for a brief second, like, yeah, fuck crap. Actually, this is pretty good. Um, or what were we doing again? Yeah, um, you know, I, the, what started this podcast actually was the Super Bowl and the uh, in, 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 in the, the corn syrup. Yeah, the corn syrup. They're they're, they're picking a fight with Miller Lite. Um, at this point in time, I don't feel like they're they are. Um, they're apt to do that just because 
We'll see if they pick a fight. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, tune into the Super Bowl, see if uh, a Budweiser picks a fight, and let me know, because I, I don't give a fuck. Anyway, um, uh, that'll be uh, quite enough for us. Uh, I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm Will Drink Beer. Have fun.